Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You my precious brothers and sisters. I pray that you never give up on Jesus. I pray that you remain faithful until the end. Pray to the Father that he gives you strength in these last days. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, Hallowed be thy holy, righteous name. You are holy. You are faithful and just. And the wicked will pay. Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you that we are no longer counted among those who will pay for their unrighteousness, rebellion. Oh, Father, sometimes I I am at a loss because it wasn't so long ago that all of us were Looking to have your wrath upon us. People in this world thinks this is a game. This is not a game. Father, help me to help me to convey to the people. Time is running out. Before long, we will enter eternity. And if our names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life, we all shall perish and be thrown into the lake of fire. Father, help me to explain 
what today's lesson is all about. We have been called out of this world. Jesus saved us. So as we go on about our daily lives in this world, we are not to be of it. Although we are in this world, but no longer, no longer do we conform to the values, the way of living and getting on in this life apart from Holy Spirit. May we, as your children, fully understand the time in which we are living in. Christ Jesus is on his way back. And we better make sure that we are in fact in right standing with you, Father. I tried to do the introduction about three or four times and nothing seemed right. So, Father, I leave today's lesson in your hands because I know and the only reason why I know this is because you have shown this to me in your word. We are born again and we have absolutely no business whatsoever conducting ourselves in anything that is evil, darkness, and satanic. Thank you for wisdom, Father. You are merciful. Your patience, no one can fully understand just how patient you are. It is not your will for anyone to perish. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, listen. I tried to do an introduction at least three or four times, but um, uh-uh. Nothing was, nothing was working out. So, I'm leaving this one to the Father, okay? So listen, this world, <clears throat> this world that we are living in, it is mad, mad evil. And this is why the Father tells us that we are not to be part of this world's system any longer. Listen, Paul tells us over here in Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, 
you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Yes, Holy Spirit. Why do you think that the Father do not want us to be conformed to this world? Why do you think that if we are conformed to this world, that we too go along to get along? Why is it that by living like that, we won't find out what is, what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect to God? Because we must get to the point that we know what God likes and what he don't like. And we find all of this in his word. So if we are not studying the word, then you would think that marrying the same sex is okay. You will think that smoking weed is okay. Why? Because the world, the world's government has authorize these behaviors, these lifestyles that holy God says is sin. Listen, Paul, the apostle, he is telling us over here in Romans 12 too. He is telling us to no longer agree and go along with this fallen world's superficial values and evil demonic schemes. Beloved, this world's Babylonian system is not to be admired, nor, nor is it to be sought after, envied, nor respected or held in high esteem. The inhabitants of the world who are unregenerated must repent and turn back to God. Otherwise, they will perish in the lake of fire for all of eternity. Listen, beloved. The ungodly value system of this world, which is amoral, it is lacking in moral aptitude. They show no concern about whether behavior is morally right or wrong. Filth. Filth can be presented on a silver platter, and this world will be happy. The inhabitants are unconcerned and unbothered. For the Bible tells us that they will call evil good and good evil. They lack empathy 
and they are not sympathetic. They are self-indulgent and self-absorbed. They power trip and they chase after money with no regard to the poor and downtrodden. As far as they are concerned, you are on your own. This world's corrupt values are without standards, without morals. They are unethical and without scruples. This world, this world system wouldn't know honesty even if it were to hit them in the face. They want their fast cars and loose women. They want, <clears throat> they want their beers and their alcohol. They want, they want sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They hate Jesus. And they deny God. Beloved, you want to know why this is happening? Why humanity, by and large, has decided to reject Jesus as personal Savior and Lord and thus cannot receive the gospel? Well, Paul gives us the clue. Someone got a hold of them. The Bible says, the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient. And beloved, who are the disobedient? Well, they are the unbelieving who fight against the purpose of God. Amen. We see this in Ephesians 2.12. I'm sorry, Ephesians 2 verse 2. Satan got a hold on them. They are enslaved to sin. And their minds are blinded. To what? You may ask. Well, 2 Corinthians 4 verses 3 to 4 tells us. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Amen. See, beloved, that's the problem with humanity. Humanity is lost and they are blind. 
They are blind because Satan has blinded their minds so that they reject Jesus. They deny God. They think it's nothing wrong with them. They believe they are good people, but we know that Romans 3 verse 10 tells us that no one is good, not one, not even one single person is righteous. But praise God, praise God for our salvation. Thank you, Lord God. We are no longer in the kingdom of darkness and a slave to sin. For you have brought us out through the precious blood of Jesus by his atoning sacrifice on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Father for our salvation. Amen. Beloved, listen. And you, he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins. Amen. That's verse 2 of 2 Corinthians 4. Beloved, I don't know why I'm sounding like this today. Maybe it's because that I know, just like you know, time, time as we know it is running out. Before long, Christ Jesus is on his way back. And I was, and I was speaking to someone yesterday. When the Bible says that, people will say, well, when is Jesus coming back? They've been saying that for centuries. And it's true. People are, in fact, saying that. I was making some comment and, and I said just that. Jesus is on his way back. Well, they, they've been saying that for a while. So when is he coming back? You see, people don't even have a clue. They have all these different gods that they speak to. They claim this God speaks to them. And they will say, well, pray to your God. So they don't even, they, they are lost. They are lost, beloved. Listen. We are to come out from and forsake this grotesque, iniquitous, dirty. And what I mean by dirty, it is encrusted in sin. We are to come out from amongst this wicked, vile, licentious, lascivious, debauched, debased, hedonistic, unprincipled, barbaric, 
ruthless, brutal, violent, godless, hypocritical, satanic, luciferian on their way to a burning hell in a handbasket world and have absolutely nothing to do with it. Paul was absolutely correct. We are we are not to conform to this hot mess any longer. Amen, beloved. So I don't know when I did this study last night. I had a whole different vibe, if you will, about this. And then I went to bed. I woke up today to the glory of God, ready, ready for this. But something is, something is overtaking me. Like, it's not like I just want to give up and like, you know what? All of you, you are on your own. I've been telling you, many have been telling you, you must repent. Otherwise, you're going to perish. But at the same time, it is, it is so sad that many people will miss the opportunity to come to Christ before it is too late. And what is also... So heartbreaking that many who claim that they are born again, but they still love this world. They have not left this world. These are they who keep saying, but we all still sin. No, you're not supposed to willfully go on practicing sin you're not so John John echoes this same sentiment in 1st John 2 verses 15 to 17 he tells us do not love the world of sin that opposes God and his precepts, nor the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and longing of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, which is what? Pretentious confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world. Verse 17, listen. John tells us the world is passing away and with it, it's lust. The shameful pursuits and ungodly longings. But the one who does 
the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. Amen. See, beloved, see, there is no reason at all whatsoever for us to be a part of this world's system. Those who have rejected Christ, they're not going to make it. They are not going to make it. And no matter what, me personally, I am not going to give up on Jesus. As long as he has me on this podcast, I will continue, continue to cry aloud and spare not. You must be born again. And now that you are born again, we must live holy. Because Jesus says, unless you are born again, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. The testimony, yes, Holy Spirit, the testimony of scripture is unanimous. Sin will not be tolerated by anyone. Jesus knows those who are his. And let everyone, what does 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy 2.19 is telling us that Christ knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Oh, beloved, listen. The prince of the power of the air. We see in Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 2. It tells us, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And we know that's Satan. According to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Amen. Listen, beloved. A person who is spiritually dead has no life by which he can respond to spiritual things, much less live a spiritual life. No amount of love, care, and words of affection from God can draw a response. A spiritually dead person is alienated from God and therefore alienated from life. He has no capacity to respond. Nope. 
in this state of spiritual death, the only walking or living a person can do is according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Amen. The word world here does not represent simply the physical creation, but the world order, the, the world's system of values and way of doing things, the world's course. And as Paul makes clear, the course of this world follows the leadership and design of Satan. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. What we often call the spirit of the times reflects the wider course of this world. A course in which men are in basic agreement about what is right and wrong, valuable and worthless, important and unimportant. Sinful men have many different ideas and standards, but they are in total agreement that the network of things in this world is more important than the divine perspective of God. Mm -mm -mm. In, this, in this most basic world, the outlook is that they are of one mind. Uh-uh. They... They work to fulfill the goals and values of their system. Though it defies God, they are already self-destructed. Sinners are persistent in their rejection, and the worse their system becomes, the more they try to justify it and condemn those who speak the word of God against it. I know. They are of one mind because they have a common leader and Lord, the prince of the power of the air, Satan is now the ruler of this world. And until the Lord casts him out, according to John 12, 31, listen, John 12, 31 says, now judgment, now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Amen. So. Until the Lord casts him out, he will continue to rule the power or authority of the air. Most likely refers to Satan's host of demons who exists in the heavenly sphere. 
Paul has this in mind in Ephesians 6, 12, where he warns of the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. During the present age, he and his demon hosts dominate, pressure, and control every person who is unsaved. He is the... Mm-mm-mm. He is the personification of spiritual death because he is the personification of rebellion against God. And so is the system he designed. Listen, Satan is the prince and ruler over this world system. No, this would not be for eternity. So listen, beloved, as with the world, the air over which Satan has control and power represents the sphere where demons move. The air could be used metaphorically. As when we speak of an air of expectancy, in this context, world and air would be almost synonymous, both of them representing a realm or sphere of influence. In that case, it would be a reference to the realm of ideas, beliefs, and convictions over which Satan now operates as prince. But it is not that which is in Paul's mind here or in, what is that, Ephesians 6, 12. He has in mind the fact that Satan rules the power, demons, who occupy the air, the heavenly sphere around the earth. Men are not free and independent. They are totally dominated by the hosts of hell. And some people go, well, I'm not demon possessed. Uh-huh. Listen, you may not have a demon personally living on the inside of you, but you are influenced by Satan's world system. Look at your life. If you are not born again, just look at your life by default. You are in his kingdom. So, I told you today I'm <laughs> I'm feeling some kind of way because it's like we got to wake up and unless you are born again and filled with his Holy Spirit all that I'm talking about today makes absolutely no sense the Bible tells us what's the problem Satan has blinded the minds 
of those who are perishing. He has blinded their minds to the good news of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, that's why I'm feeling, I'm feeling some kind of way today. Listen, what does it mean to come out from among them? Because we see over here in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. That says, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing and I will welcome you. Amen. So, where it says, come out from among them, this is a reference to a passage in Isaiah. Because Isaiah 52, 11 says, depart, depart, go out from there, touch no unclean thing, go out from the midst of her, Purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. Amen. Because Isaiah 52, 11 speaks of the Israelites who are returning from exile in Egypt. When Jerusalem fell, many of the people were carried away to Babylon, but some of the people fled to Egypt. Thinking, thinking they would be safe over there. So Jeremiah warned them not to do this, but many of them went to Egypt anyway, and they took Jeremiah with them against his will. Yes, beloved, listen, study Jeremiah chap chapters 42 and 43, because Jeremiah was telling them, no. We must go to Babylon. We are being exiled to Babylon. And the people were like, no, we're going to go to Egypt. And Jeremiah was telling them, no. And Jeremiah, I mean, and the people were like, listen, Jeremiah. Now I'm paraphrasing. Y'all go and read Jeremiah 42 and chapter 43 because the people were like listen we ain't listening to you we are going to go to Egypt and not only that you coming with us and if we do get in trouble with, with the Lord you too will be in trouble all of us are going to get in are going to face his wrath oh beloved I'm I'm off today. It's you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to keep going. You know what? I should have I should have done this episode last night when I was right in the midst of it all. It's just something about today that is really sad. But I am I'm I'm going to venture forth and get through this lesson because it it needs, it needs to be uploaded. 
Because at the end of the day, we are called to come out from this world. So, back over here to what we was talking about in Isaiah 52. God is promising to call to call them back to the promised land. Those who went down to Egypt. The command to come out from among them is also an effective call. The people of Israel are commanded to forsake any idolatrous habits. They may have picked up while in Egypt and to return to the promised land. At the same time, it is a promise that God will be the one to bring them back when the time is right. Paul quotes this passage from Isaiah in reference to the Corinthian church. He is taking familiar wording and giving it meaning in a fresh context. Just as the Israelites in exile were to put off any idolatry they may have picked up while living in Egypt, so the Corinthian believers are to lay aside the idolatry and sexual immorality that they were steeped in by virtue of living in Corinth. They must be separate from the sin of the world. Yes. Leading, leading up to 2 Corinthians 6.17, Paul tells them, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. We see this in verse 14. We often apply this to a believer marrying an unbeliever, right? But it has a much more wider application. In the context of the Corinthian church, it seems to have to do with participating in idolatry. As a further rationale for this prohibition against being yoked to unbelievers, Paul asks a series of rhetorical questions. The implied answer to all of these is a big nothing. He says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? And then we see in verses 15 to 16, he asks, What harmony is there between Christ and Belial, the devil? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Amen. Listen, this final question gets to the heart of the matter. If there is no fellowship between the temple of God and idols, then the Christian should have nothing to do with idol worship. 
for we are the temple of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6.17 Amen. And then to further support the idea that Christians are the temple of God, Paul quotes from Leviticus 26.12 And I will walk among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. Amen. Which is also alluded to in Jeremiah 32.38. The Lord says, And they shall be my people and I will be their God. Amen. And then we see Ezekiel 37 verse 27. My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Amen. Listen, 2 Corinthians 6.16. I'm going to say it again. I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Amen. Beloved, listen. The temple of God is where he dwells, and he says he will dwell among his people, making them the temple. Yes, since believers are in fact the temple of God, well, Paul concludes, come out from them and be separate. And then he went on to say, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. Amen. Listen, we are supposed to separate ourselves from idol worship of any kind. Because the concept of separation became one of the major teachings that we find in God's word. We must come from out of Satan's influence. The biblical admonition of 2 Corinthians 6.17 is not so all-encompassing. Paul wants believers to be separate from idol worship in all its forms. But he never calls for a complete separation from pagan idol worshipers whom they should attempt to win to Christ. Paul clarifies the matter of separation in 1 Corinthians 5 verses 9 through 11. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with Sexual immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy and idolator or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Amen. 
Yes, beloved, the Lord wants his people to come out from among them and be separate. That means, first, that we should be separate from participation in sin. Second, we are to be separate from professing believers who are living in willful, deliberate, habitual sin. Beyond that, we are called to not get involved in entangling relationships with unbelievers, which would lead to compromise and thus being yoked with an unbeliever. Balancing. That is the biblical understanding that we cannot completely remove ourselves from the world of unbelievers as that would cause us to lose all influence. In the United States, if the 21st century was marked by believers being so separate from the world that there was not enough interaction with it, well, going forward, we may be marked by followers of Jesus being so involved with the world that it is hard to tell the difference between the two. Either way, us preaching the gospel will be hampered. There must be a balance that cannot be summarized by a set of do's and don'ts. Every follower of Jesus has to decide if he or she is influencing the world or if the world is influencing them or, or have they completely given in into the world because they feel no one is listening, no one is coming to Christ. Beloved, I'm about to end this. We must make a choice. And make it accordingly. We can feel defeated. Or we can feel joyful. I know. I sound. A little off. And and if you don't recognize that. Well. I do. I completely recognize that. There's something. Of a burden. In me today. Because it's like this world is not getting it. Do they not understand that God is real? Jesus died for the sins of the world and he was buried. He died and suffered on the cross for humanity's sin. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is alive, sitting today. At the right hand of God the Father. He makes intercessions for the saints. And he is waiting to make his enemies his footstool. 
So, I don't know if it be the Lord's will. I may do another teaching on this. Another teaching on this because, yeah, yeah, we, we are getting so close to the end times. If all you have to do is just look at this world, just look at all that they are involved in, look at what they have deemed to be good, look at what they have deemed to be what is actually good and righteous, but evil and, um, what's the, the word? Hate. Everything now is, oh, hate speech, hate speech. They are backwards. Without a clue. And when we try to enlighten them, they go, no. Stop judging. That's hate speech. No, it's not. Jesus says, unless you repent, you too shall all likewise perish. Beloved, I pray today that you understand we have been commanded to come out from Amongst this world. Jesus tells us to count the cost. To become his disciple. If we still love this present world. He says what benefit. What profit. Will a man have. To gain this whole world. But end up losing his soul is not worth it, beloved. And I truly believe this is why I'm feeling some kind of way today. I'm telling you, I had a whole different vibe about today's episode. The Holy Spirit wants us to understand and recognize this is real. And it's about to get even more real. Time, as we know it, will come to an end. This world will burn up in ferrant heat. Every single person ever born will stand before Jesus Christ for judgment. Will it be at the great white throne judgment where the books will be opened and you will be judged out of those things written in the book and another book will be opened, the book of life. Revelation 2015 tells us if your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. Followers of Jesus, we will also stand before Jesus for judgment. Not for sin, 
because that was taken care of at the cross. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive rewards as faithful servants of his. What What we've done with these born again lives will be tried by fire to see the motives of what we've done and they will be weighed out. Some will come out as gold, precious stones. And some of these works we have done will be burnt up as stubble. We would either gain rewards or lose rewards. We would either gain crowns or we will lose some. This is why we must give our whole lives to Jesus Christ. We must live in righteousness and holiness. We must not grieve Holy Spirit. We are being trained in righteousness. Maintaining our right standing with the Father. We are to walk in obedience. The Bible tells us that the sanctifying work of Holy Spirit is that we obey Christ. Listen. In closing, and I'm going to let you all go. Mm-hmm. We have been commanded to not take part in what is evil. We have been commanded, Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Amen. We have been commanded to not take part in what is evil. We have been commanded, 1 Timothy 6, verses 3 to 5, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Amen. Yeah, we are to avoid false teachers, beloved. We have been commanded to not take part in what is evil. We have been commanded, 2 John 1, verses 7 to 11. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. 
such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what you have worked for, but many will win a full reward. Amen. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone who comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wickedness, in his wicked works. Amen. We have been commanded to not take part in what is evil. We have been commanded. Second Thessalonians 3, 6. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother, <clears throat> excuse me, from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. Amen. And lastly, we have been commanded to not take part in what is evil. We have been commanded, 1 Peter 1, 15-16, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Amen. There we have that, beloved. We must depart from iniquity. We know we live in a world completely manipulated by Satan. Nonetheless, nonetheless, we are not to conform any longer. Otherwise, you won't know what is acceptable, what is good, what is perfect in the sight of God. You too will think that there's nothing wrong with marrying whomever you want to marry. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it at that. By God's grace, I may do this lesson again. But I felt led to continue with it anyway. I pray that you have ears to hear. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you that we have the ability to apply your wisdom to our lives. 
I get it. I get it. We were all lost in our sins and trespasses. But now that we are in the kingdom, we are to tell others to come out from this world. This world is deceptive. It is evil. And it is ran by the God, little g, of this age, Satan. They are under his influence. Those who reject Christ, they reject him because they rather have their darkness more. They rather have their sins more. They have bought into the lie that there are many ways to get to heaven. Everybody is good. And that, Father, at the end of the day, you will allow everyone to go to heaven. May you continue to give us these messages to bring forth. Strengthen us so that we do not get so emotionally entangled about what's truly happening, but to remain firm and to continue with the message that Christ has given to me to tell the people he is on his way back. And if you don't repent, and if you don't turn from your wicked, evil ways, you will perish. For all of eternity. We can have eternal life now. Father I am a witness. Of your mercy. I'm a witness. To the peace. That Christ has given us. Help me to convey. Just how good you are. You are merciful, loving kindness. And Father, before I forget, I pray, I pray for the saints that they, that they may hold fast to Jesus, hold fast to his word, only to receive his instruction in righteousness. Oh, Father, have mercy on us all. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, I'm going to leave you with Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Look carefully. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Amen. Amen. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Do not be deceived. Bad company will corrupt good morals. Come to your senses as you ought to 
and stop sinning. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 33 to 34. The Lord is calling for his light to come back home. If you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you are still living in willful sin, you are still attached to the world and the things in it, you are commanded to come out from this world and go back to your first love. Go back to God so that you can be forgiven and move on in righteousness and obedience. Stop playing with your salvation. And if you are not born again today, today, is the day of your salvation. Do not harden your hearts any longer. Come to Christ today before it is too late. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.